Hello again and welcome to Personalities at Carry, your very own WP Carry MBA podcast. Today we are in conversation with Garrett Nidakorn. Garrett is one of the very few double devils. He has a background in supply chain and he has done some final mile logistics before coming back to school to get his MBA in marketing and business analytics. He interned at E&J Gallo over the summer of 2018. Let's talk more about his life and what he wants to do in this conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to Personalities at Carry. This is episode number 62 and today we have with us Garrett Nidergon. Is that right? Uh yeah, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Garrett, let's just start with uh, a little bit of your background. Where do you come from? Uh, what have you been doing before the WP Carry MBA, and what brought you to do your MBA here? Sure, definitely. So I am a native Arizonan. So I was born and raised in Tempe, just about five miles south of campus. Mm-hmm. So I went to high school here and undergrad here as well. So my undergrad, I studied management and entrepreneurship, and then I went on to work for Electrolux Major Appliances in a supply chain operations role with them. So um we had what was called a uh, final mile delivery logistics and so I managed a team of uh, direct consumer logistics out of the southwest. Mm. So did quite a bit of traveling um was on the road for about 40 weeks out of the year. Wow. Yeah. Um <laughs> and that was for about two and a half years. And then I got really tired of traveling. <laughs> I got really tired of uh being on the road all the time and I recognized that I didn't have the skills that I wanted in order to or I didn't feel confident in my skills to get to that next step. So I started looking okay what's the next step what should I do what what's going to get me back home and also help me grow as a person and then the stars just kind of aligned and recognized like hey the carry MBA program you know there's the mm-hmm. the scholarship and it's back home so you wouldn't have to worry if you're going full time and you could spend some time here mm-hmm. um so ended up applying and I remember I was in Seattle actually for a business trip mm-hmm. when I got the acceptance call and mm-hmm. I remember I was on my way to the airport I just dropped off my rental car and I was stepping out of the shuttle bus to get to the airport and I saw the 965 number and that was mm-hmm. you know Arizona state and I was like oh boy here it comes it's either going to be a really really good flight home or it's going to be a really really bad one <laughs> so, I think if they call it's it's an acceptance call like if they just email it's like oh, gotcha gotcha it. see shows so, you yeah. how much research I did <laughs> but no it was a really really good call and mm-hmm. so I I remember putting my phone down and then just the biggest smile on my face for about, you know, all the way through TSA and airport security and getting to the gate and a bunch of people looking at me like, "Good for you. I'm glad <laughs> that you got things going on." Nice. So, it was good. Uh, so that brought me back here to the MBA program and couldn't have been more pleased with my experience. Okay. Did you try to apply other places or just... Nope. Nope. So I just applied to WP Carry and part of that was that whole reason of I need wanted to be back home close right. to my family, close to my friends. um and just having traveled so much in the previous couple of years it was just I needed to find something where I could ground myself for a little bit okay so you probably came here with uh, certain expectations out of the mba has there anything uh, has there been anything that has kind of stood out to you or exceeded the, the expectations that you had yeah i think that there's first of all i'll preface it by saying that you know i was kind of like didn't do a ton of research and was not you know so grounded in what the mba world was like So I knew that I was going to go in and it was going to be rigorous, um but I really didn't have too many expectations. Some of the things that have really blown me away though have been that we do have a really amazing group of people here on our our campus. Um you know particular classes that have really stood out, um but again I think it it comes back to the people who make the environment. Um and then being here full time. 
mm-hmm. right? And really engaging in the community. That's been really important too. Um, cause I was here as an undergrad and everybody's maybe a little bit different in their undergrad, probably focused on some different things. And so mm-hmm. when I was here back in, you know, between 2011 and 2015 was not super focused on how do I engage with this community and how do I get the most out of this experience? Back then it was a little bit more along the lines of, you know, I know that I have to go to class, I have to get good grades, but I was more focused on the social aspect and mm-hmm. then trying to engage with um, with my friends. And here, this experience has been much more about, okay, these are some really amazing people. How do I get the most out of my experiences working with them? And then how do I leave an impression here? Right. And then apart from the curriculum, there are other things like uh, the clubs, uh, the career yeah. services, and then the events that are always being planned, mm-hmm. and maybe executive connections, something new that you came up with, I mean, came across. Um, is there anything that you want to add to what your experience has been there? Sure, sure. So um, the executive connections portion has been really amazing. Had um, one mentor my first year who had a very different approach to the relationship there. Mm-hmm. We kind of worked through planning events on campus um, that he kind of came at it from a perspective of, here's this really great vision. You guys go ahead and run with it. Um, and then he ended up not renewing for the second year. So now mm-hmm. I had a, a different mentor this year who is almost the total opposite okay. where he's a, like super focused on my growth as a person mm-hmm. rather than leaving an impression on the, you know, the campus community. He's there just as a resource for me. Mm-hmm. And we've had some really great life conversations. So yes, the, the professional development, but a lot of things about, you know, how, how are you growing as a person? What are the things you got on your plate and really empathizing with some of those things. So I've really appreciated that, um, that part of our, our campus community here. And the, that part of this program has been really amazing from a club's perspective. I'm one of the uh, founders and then the executive vice president of the WP Carey wine society. Mm-hmm. And so that experience has been really amazing also. Um, so growing a club from the ground up, um, especially one that's dues collecting and figuring out all the intricacies that go with that. Um, and then building my own kind of little community inside this community, right? So, and not that I own the people that are part of that community, right? That's not the point, but it's just to be able to offer something that there's people here who we have relationships with to be able to offer something of value to them um, and then be responsible for planning some of those things and bringing people together, I think is a really valuable and impactful experience. Okay. And uh, you said you had some background in supply chain. Did you come to school? trying to concentrate in supply chain or did you change that over time and add something else to your concentrations? Yeah, so I actually came in with the intention of going into marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was I came from a supply chain role where I was dealing with the same problems every day mm-hmm. and wasn't happy with my situation and dealing with those problems every day. So I kind of wanted to shake things up. Um, through the, the curriculum, like really enjoyed both the supply chain and the marketing classes in Q2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what really turned the scales for me was that I went to National Black um, in Prispanica, the career conference, and I was standing in line uh, for ENJ Gallo's booth. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing in the marketing line and looking down at my resume and seeing all the, you know, the experience that I had and, okay, supply chain, supply chain, and recognized like, okay, I'm going to have to come up with a really good story here in order to try <laughs> to get a, an interview. And the line was super long. And mm-hmm. so... There was a, one of the HR managers that was walking by and he's just looking at people and saying, anybody with supply chain experience, anybody want to come over and talk to somebody right now? And I remember looking down and I was like, yeah, okay, let's go talk to these people. Because at that point I had told myself too, you know, I want to try something different, but I'm also more interested in company culture, company industry, and those types of components of a career as opposed to, okay, what am I necessarily doing? Because I knew that I could kind of 
set myself up in terms of my studies and in terms of the proficiencies that I had to try to succeed in different areas. Um, so I remember stepping out of that line and going over to the supply chain line, talk to somebody within two minutes. And like, yeah, yeah, here, we, we want you to come to dinner with us and we're going to interview you tomorrow. And then after that, the snowball just fell off the top of the mountain and kept rolling. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess it's going to be supply chain. Fair so that all that turned into an internship offer and then had a supply chain internship with A&J Gallo this summer. Okay. Um, so we talked a little bit about your internship as well, but quickly, I just want to know if you've had over the course of time that you've spent here, uh, any favorite course that you want to, like if it's an elective, you want to tell people about it? Sure, sure. So... I've got a couple. Um, I truly do think that the marketing course in Q2 with Professor Morales is amazing. Just the energy that she brings to the classroom, the uh, Mark Strat simulations that we do. Uh, it's a very engaging course with things that really stick in the back of your mind, like uh, loser spray and winner's focus, yeah. right? The things that just kind of stick for you. Um, but I'd say probably one of my favorite classes that I've taken has been decision modeling with mm-hmm. Professor Byers. Um, part of that is because I really enjoy Professor Byers as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he does an excellent job um, lecturing and the way that he approaches problem solving or teaching people to problem solve is like, you know, it's not just follow this method. It's we need to understand why we're using that method. Uh, so that was a, a big takeaway from that. And then also... I'm kind of a a quantitative and problem solving uh, brain anyway. And so decision modeling, you know, there's one answer for every problem. And so it's kind of like a puzzle that you put together. And then when you get the answer, there's like those synapses light up and say, yeah, good job. Good job. You did a really good job there. So a little bit biased on that perspective, but it was a really impactful course. And I think it had a lot of, um, I want to say a lot of availability to be used in process through my career mm-hmm. as a tool that I can use to solve problems. Okay. So, Have you been practicing that <laughs> over time? Because if you don't practice that, I think you'll kind of lose it a little bit. I think you, you definitely do lose some of the things, yeah, right? Yeah. So I couldn't pull up Excel right now and show you exactly, yeah. hey, here's a forcing constraint and how to <laughs> operate binaries and all that. But to know that that's out there and to know yeah. that, hey, if I did a you know quick YouTube search or Google mm-hmm. search, I could find out or I could like you know, tr- re-trigger like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I remember how to do it. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway has been the approach to problem solving, the approach to understanding all the components mm-hmm. has been really meaningful. Yeah. So you did tell us a little bit about your internship, how you got your internship, but then what was your particular role or the project that you worked on over the summer last year? Sure. So I was working on what was called the co-manufacturing team. Mm-hmm. And so they're a sub-team inside the sourcing division at e Gallo. And my project was to work with all of the different divisions in sourcing to develop top-level guidelines for supplier relationship management. So they had taken multiple runs at it probably within the last five years. I think they'd had three different people work on projects about just establishing those, you know, what are our guidelines. And to break that down a little bit, it is basically saying, okay, we have 500 suppliers. How do we split them up? And then how do we decide how to interact with the different categories of suppliers? And so my project was, okay, not necessarily coming up with the categorization method, but there needs to be something there, mm-hmm. but then coming up with, okay, now what makes sense for once we have these categories, how are we going to interact with suppliers? So one of the challenges there was all the different sourcing groups viewed their suppliers differently, mm-hmm. right? So you had direct sourcing, you had indirect sourcing, you had uh, from a winery perspective, you have an entire sourcing division that's focused only on grapes, right? So they're different than the direct sourcing and they're different than the indirect sourcing. And then you have the co-manufacturing team where they were, kind of like anything that we outsourced um, in terms of manufacturing. So if there was particular 
glass shapes or bottle shapes that we couldn't run at our glass plant, we would partner with another division or another company outside of E&J Gallo, and they would run that for us. So the contract manufacturing team had all those relationships. So you've got all these different teams that view different KPIs as more important than others. So what we came up with was a tool that was an Excel-based model that let people plug in their suppliers and then answer, choose and answer questions about them. So it was more giving them the tools in order to segment themselves. And then I worked with probably 40 or 50 different employees there to come up with what are the right guidelines by supplier tier. So mm-hmm. you, know, you talk about like quarterly best practices, reviews, um, scorecarding, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, is this something that you definitely recommend other people to go and join? Like the, the experience that you had over there, was that helpful to you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I took a lot out of my internship experience. Um, I think Gallo is a great company. They're privately owned and family owned, and they really do put a lot of emphasis on their employees and making sure that their employees not only have the opportunities to grow, but that they're pretty happy during those opportunities to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very meaningful experience. And I think one of the reasons that Gallo does that is because they are located in Modesto, which is kind of up in that Northern California area, but it's removed from some of the major cities. Mm-hmm. So it's more agricultural. It's a smaller town. There's not a ton going on around that area. So in order to retain talent there, they have to be able to make the work experience really great. Right. Right. So you have people that live in maybe San Francisco or Oakland or Sacramento mm-hmm. that are going to come out and work for this company as opposed to staying in those areas because the experience there is so great. Wow. Nice. Good thing that they're doing all this from Modesto and they're close to the Napa Valley as well, right? So I, I guess they're using some of their grapes. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, a lot of their grapes come from Napa Valley, but so Gallo actually only owns, I want to say it's, they only own 20% of the mm-hmm. grapes that they source. Okay. Everything else is, you know, smaller farms. Um, it's buying from other wineries and they source about 80% of the grapes, which is, you know, when I heard that, I was like, that's unreal. <laughs> that's that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So let me just talk a little bit about your personal life, uh, not just your life, but like your likes and dislikes. So what do you do when you have some leisure time? When you, Do you have any hobbies that you follow? Sure. So I'm a sports guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love playing and watching. Uh, being from Arizona, I am an Arizona sports fan, which has been tough. But uh, <laughs> the last but you, few years, yeah. But you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad. Um, but also playing. So I, like I mentioned, I grew up here, and it's a desert state. But my favorite sport is ice hockey, mm-hmm. and so I've played since I was about eleven years old, and I actually still play right now on a weekly basis. So Sunday nights, I, I play in a, an adult league down in Chandler. And I actually, like my younger brother, he's 22. He's on the team with me. There's other people that I went to school with in undergrad that are on the team. So it's a great way to exercise, kind of decompress after a long week. And then it's kind of ritualistic in terms of, okay, as soon as that game ends, I know, all right, Sunday night, we're going into the next week. So it's kind of my tipping point where I turn over my calendar to the next week. Um, And it's also good to get some exercise and just feel that exhaustion going to bed. That way you wake up on Monday, like, okay, I feel pretty good. Let's go. Let's get ready to go. But um, I was going to say, like, you know, I enjoy you know, other, or other sports as well. Like I'm super looking forward to the volunteer council softball game that's coming up. Enjoy shooting the basketball around. So anytime in tennis also. So, you know, it's how I spend a lot of my time is either following sports or playing sports. And then downtime outside outside of that, I really enjoy the sunshine. So, mm-hmm. you know, sitting down next to a pool, reading, just kind of sun tanning, just, you know, get a lot of energy from the sun. So, um, do you watch a lot of movies? Uh, do you have a favorite movie? Oh man, 
So I'm definitely a Disney guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say I've got a couple favorite movies, right. but uh, yeah, it's kind of they're they're childish, which is actually you know I'm totally I'm totally okay with being branded as the goofy Disney kid. That's fine with me. Um, I would say Shrek mm-hmm. is my favorite movie. When I was younger, uh, not too young, like even in in high school, I always kind of liked having that white noise when I was going to sleep. So I had a DVD of Shrek, mm-hmm. and you know it was kind of stupid, but I would just every night before going to bed, I'd just turn it on hit play and then I would fall asleep usually within about two minutes but it got to the point where I had memorized probably a good 50% like the first half of the movie Whoa. I could say line for line so <laughs> who, who so, was your favorite character was it uh the ass or yeah. <laughs> yes definitely, <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. uh, do you watch any tv shows anything that's your favorite or you binge on yeah um so I'm actually currently going through the office for the first time mm-hmm. and so I just um also I enjoy puns and I enjoy just kind of that stupid word humor so Michael Scott just cracks me up uh it's like I'm not superstitious but I'm a little stitious <laughs> that's what she said yeah yeah see that that exactly um but no again so kind of coming from that goofy and in childhood nostalgia one of my favorite tv shows of all time is avatar the last airbender yeah so i've watched that as well I yeah imagine. and so i've i've gone through that man maybe you know four or five times all the way through so Did you watch the legend of korra as well? yeah i watched it yeah. yeah went through it i don't enjoy it as much as the first yeah. uh four books but that's something where i could you know if i have an hour to kill i'll just throw on a couple episodes mm-hmm. and yeah it's just Reminds me of my childhood, and then I also think it's kind of engaging as an adult, too. Hmm. What about uh, music? What, what kind of music do you like? Any favorite genre, favorite artist? Yeah. So if I were to select one genre, it'd be like kind of the 90s punk rock, pop mm-hmm. punk kind of deal. So if you're thinking like Sum 41, Blink-182, that was the music that it, when I like iPods first started coming out, and I was in high school, and I started carrying around one, it was like, that was the music that, in that age group, mm-hmm. I was like, this is the stuff that I listen to all the time. Now, on the flip side, because that's one category, and yeah. I still enjoy that that music, but I also enjoy um, some electronic dance music, um, a little bit more of the uplifting stuff, so um, kind of lighter, higher synthesizer music. Um, I really enjoy Griffin, is mm-hmm. one of my favorite uh, DJs, so mixture of a little bit of everything. I also have just recently started getting a little bit into country, but you know, people might hate me for this. It's not like the <laughs> traditional country. I definitely like the, the poppy country, the poppy country. <laughs> uh, but mostly like beach stuff. So like Zach Brown band, Kenny Chesney and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, do you do a lot of reading? Do you have a favorite book or a favorite author? Yeah. So a lot of the reading, and I'm actually been very guilty of not doing a lot of personal reading mm-hmm. as of late. It's just been, you know, with school, you kind of get into that, yeah. uh, that professional mindset. But one of the books that I really do enjoy is Tools of Titans by mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss. Uh, great for picking up for 15 minutes and reading through just a couple of stories really quick. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know how that book is laid out, it's a collection of about 450 interviews. Mm-hmm. And they're broken into three different sections in terms of what kind of person is being interviewed, what category they fall into. And each interview, probably about three pages long. And it's just you know bullet points of you know some of their takeaways and all these people that are interviewed are hyper successful individuals, whether they're business professionals that are really successful, so like C-suites, um, entrepreneurs, or are they athletes, or are they people who have done a ton of work on the psychology and sociology perspective, um, religious leaders, and that kind of deal. So really a fascinating book. Um, and this is uh, something that he is himself interviewed? or Yeah, so all of the, the interviews come from his podcast. Okay. So Tim okay. Ferriss runs a Tools of Titans podcast right. where he's right. interviewed all these people hmm. and he's taken the best chunks of those mm-hmm. interviews 
and compiled them and put them together into the book. All right. So he's the same guy. He authored the um, Four Hour Work Week yeah. and then the Four Hour Body. He also had a TV show, I guess, uh, for one season or something where he's he's teaching how to, uh, or he's trying to learn something within 30 days or something. And then he shows off that he's learned the skill okay. so fast. Yeah. So if you just practice a lot every day, you'll, you'll be able to do something. It's amazing what the mind can do. And, yeah. and if you have the money and the time <laughs> in order to, to set it up, go for it. Yeah. Uh, if you could uh, choose a person in history that you could have coffee with, get to know them better, who would you choose? Could be anyone who's living or dead. Sure. Give me one second to think about that. Definitely. So I want to say um, Benjamin Franklin. Okay. Just because I think that he was really confident in what like what he thought. <laughs> okay. Right. He didn't kind of play into the BS of mm-hmm. people all the time, and also he's just really you know he was great with words, and then also just an intellectual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to just sit down and chat with him for a little bit. I'm sure I would want to come up with a number of questions mm-hmm. for him. Uh, but I think that he would be really entertaining and then also stimulate the intellectual side of you also. All right. Uh, do you have any pet peeves you can share with us? Man, um, I typically don't get too angry, right? <laughs> I just, I, sometimes I shut that side of me down. Um, I think what does get to me is if I ever see somebody that is kind of over the top self-serving in mm-hmm. a lot of things that they do or tend to put other people down to make themselves look better. I think mm. that's, I don't know, it just, it goes against some of my values. And, um, you know, when I see that, it kind of annoys me and changes my perception of that person. But again, you know, you don't run into that <laughs> all the time. And so I, I tend to not experience that too often. But when it does happen, yeah, I'd say that definitely lights a little bit of a fire in yeah. me. Mm. Okay, I just want to ask you a little bit about what your plans are after graduation. Uh, do you have something lined up or do you... Uh, do you have a location, a company that you really want to work for? Anything you've narrowed down to? Sure. So I actually accepted my offer with E&J Gallo. Nice. Congratulations. Yep. So I'll be working for them. Their cycle of when employees start actually is a little bit later in the, into the calendar year. So mm-hmm. when I interned there this summer, um, mm-hmm. Jenny Tang, who was a second year from last year, actually mm-hmm. started with them that summer, but she didn't start until August. Okay, so you have some time. So I have some time, I think, Mm -hmm. right? I haven't received the official start paperwork or kind of what team that I'm going to be on. I've just signed the offer. Mm -hmm. But if if I were to be guessing, I would say it's probably going to be sometime in August. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, I know that I have May, June, and July. So a lot of time, um, you know, in terms of downtime. So I've thought about getting some traveling in there. Um, I've also, through the course of this program, pulled out, you know, a number of loans just because of, you know, life and, mm-hmm. you know, paying for things. And so, uh, money's definitely a little bit tight too. So I've thought about actually going back and working in a restaurant for, you know, just picking up maybe three shifts a week, mm-hmm. something that might be flexible for me. So a lot of people that are on our campus are familiar with the vine. Mm-hmm. Well, I worked at the vine when I was going through high school and college. Okay. So I still have relationships there. So I might go back and work there over the summer. Um, and just, like I said, try to, pick up some shifts, put away some money, but then be flexible enough with it so that if I do decide like, hey, I'm going to take two weeks and go travel, Mm -hmm. that's something that I could do. Okay. And where do you see yourself maybe 10 years from now? What kind of role? Where do you want to be? Yeah, that's tough. I haven't done a ton of thinking about it. Um, What I do know is that I want to continue to foster my own learning. And I think a lot of that comes from having mentors and it comes from seeing different positions in a company. Um, One of the things that I'm really excited about Gallo uh, for is that they do a really good job of rotating their their directors and their MBA programs, like their leadership development program is really strong mm-hmm. in terms of giving people experience. 
I mentioned earlier that I got the chance to interview a ton of people when I was there for my internship and a lot of them were director level. Mm -hmm. And everybody that I talked to, you know, they had probably had, let's say they had worked for the company for 10 years. They had had at least five different occupations with the company. Mm -hmm. So very, you know, quick rotation through different experiences there. And so that's something that I've thought about, you know, if I can get to a director level um, inside that company and get of vast diversity of experiences, that would be really amazing. Mm-hmm. But I've also thought like, okay, you know, what if, you know, I go there and work for, you know, five, six years and then want to come back to Arizona? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I start a family, you know, what does that look like in terms of my time commitments and everything? Right. So um, for me, I, I know that I'm confident in saying that I want to continue to grow and I want to continue to have different experiences. And I do want to get to the point where I can mentor people. So that means management. That means, you know, having teams underneath me. Um, yeah. And so those are the things that I definitely want. All right. So do you have any uh, advice for people who are trying to pursue the MBA or someone who's already gotten to the WP Carry MBA and then they're waiting to see what's coming up next? Yeah. Yeah. So if we're talking to people who are you know, either have been admitted or people that are trying to get admitted, I would say one of the strongest things that you can do with the WP Carry MBA is honestly be yourself, be authentic, right? It's going to be tough. And during your first two quarters of of classwork, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you can do that because (laughs) you're so stressed for time and, you know, everything is so task oriented. But the thing that makes this community so strong and really memorable is the people who compose the community and the people who are authentic to themselves and to other people, right? Give you a really good glimpse into this is what my life is and I'm, you know, going to be here and I've got, you know, other people's back, but having that authenticity to really not be afraid to share who you are and knowing that there's a reason that you got accepted to this program and there's a reason you're applying to this program. And so, you know, should you be accepted or if you already are accepted, you don't have to be anybody else, right? You can, you can be yourself and that's going to make your experience here so much more powerful because you're going to make stronger connections you're going to do what you want to do and get what you want out of the MBA program. Um, and that's just going to set you you up for success down the road, right? And then one of the biggest things is that you are getting a degree here and you do have to compose yourself, right? So it's not like you can just say, oh, I'm being authentic to myself, so I'm not going to do homework for the, the entirety of the program, right? You can't do that. Um, but I do think that there is a transformation that happens here where it's not all about the coursework. It's not all about your image. A lot of it has to do with the people and, and how they help you grow. Yeah. I like that advice. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, also, you're part of the, or you're the leadership of the Wine Society. Mm-hmm. If you have, uh, I'll give you a couple of minutes to just plug something that's coming up in the Wine Society you want people to know about. Or just in general, if you're passionate about something else as well, you can talk about that. Yeah, definitely. So I can do a quick plug. So on February 15th, we're doing a sustainability um, and wines event in tandem with Net Impact. So it'll be at Eridus Winery in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. Um, So if anybody's interested in doing that, reach out to the club leadership or sign up on WPC Connect. We're actually trying to get people involved from um, from other programs as well. So trying to keep it a, as open as possible, uh, but a really cool event where we're going to learn about the Eridus is a sustainable winery. Mm-hmm. So they operate out of the Verde Valley, but 100% sustainable. So renewing water, renewing the energy that they use and, you know, in all their harvests, it is uh, a lot of sustainability practices there. So excited mm-hmm. to share that information. Um, that's meaningful to me too, because Gala does a really good job of being sustainable. They have a program where they call it their 50-50 acre program. So every acre that they plant vines on, they actually set aside an acre for net, um, conservation so that it can't be used for development of land or or anything. It's just set aside. Right. 
So just cool, cool components like that. And then uh, in terms of other, not necessarily plugs, but just things that I'm excited about is we are just about to turn over our eboard to um, our our new members that are coming in, um, the first year members. So excited to see kind of you know how that transition goes, and really excited to pass along kind of the lessons that we've learned because there have been a lot of lessons for <laughs> for our eboard so far, just in terms of everything that it takes to run a group like this or to set up events where you know with because just the nature of it being um, an alcoholic product, there's different hurdles that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Right. And so excited about that. But um, overall, if there's anybody out there who has heard about the Wine Society and thought like, eh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm 100 percent in on that, would just like to plug and say that, you know, it's not all about just maybe the the wine itself. It's about what is the professionalism behind it. Um, we've brought in speakers that are professionals in the industry, people who have started their own wine labels and kind of their entrepreneurial experience. So really trying to come up with this holistic approach to programming about it. So it's not just about wine tasting. It's about understanding it and then, in, you know, becoming that professional around it. Right. Uh, how would you like the peers that you have here to remember you once you're done with your graduation? Yeah, definitely. So I've kind of touched on this a little bit <clears throat> and it's something that I definitely struggled with <laughs> for a majority of the program, but it is that being authentic to yourself. I want people to remember me for, you know, as I told you earlier, I kind of like that goofy yet maybe intellectual kind of um, kind of brand that I want to build for myself. But overall would love if anything else for my legacy to be that, hey, I truly do try to be compassionate towards people and try to think of others before myself. Um yeah, I think that kind of kind of sums it up. It's like, you know, that whole like try not to be afraid of what other people think and just be happy with who you are and champion who you are, right? And, you know, people are amazing. So if you if anybody has an issue with you being you, then you're not supposed to be friends with that person anyway. You're not supposed <laughs> to hang out with them anyway, right? It's not your brand. It's not it's not what's going on. So just that if I could go back and do the whole program over, I would try to champion that from the beginning. All right, that kind of brings us to the end of the episode. I just want you to give out your uh, email ID for anyone who wants to get in touch with you or if you're active on any social media, you want to give your handle out. Sure. Yeah, yeah so feel free to, to email me. So it's um, G-N-I-E-D-E-R-K at ASU.edu. So that's just the first letter of uh, my first name and then when that be N-I-E-D-E-R-K. <laughs> so the first six of my last name. Seven of my last name. <laughs> um, or if anybody wants to text me, you know, feel free to do that too. It's uh, 480-773-4802. Would be happy to answer any questions. I know I've done a lot of talking about myself, but <laughs> be happy to share even more or to, um, to get to know you guys better too. All right. Thanks so much for being on this podcast. And uh, thanks to all the listeners for listening. All right. Goodbye. All right. Thank you very much. ENG Gallo is lucky to have found Garrett from our program. He's very passionate about wines and the proximity of ENG Gallo to Arizona is going to work out really well for him. Good luck to you, Garrett. Thank you, listeners, for listening. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and many other podcast platforms. I shall see you in the next one. Goodbye and peace.